Good morning, brothers and sisters. Magandang umaga po sa inyong lahat. Good morning, everyone. And uh, thank you also, uh, Pastor Jansen, uh, for uh, your prayers. And uh, congratulations on your graduation uh, at uh, International Graduate School of Leadership. I was uh, at the IGSL graduation yesterday also, and we praise God that uh, many uh, graduated from the master's degrees and uh, uh, doctoral degrees in a seminary. And thank you so much, UECP, for uh, the privilege that you have given me to deliver uh, God's message this morning on your missions month. And of course, thank you uh, to the senior pastor, uh, Pastor Lazarus, uh, Pastor Tony, Pastor Willie, and uh, of course, the chairman of the board uh, of elders, uh, Chairman Edwin Ong. Uh, we are constantly in communication, and thank you, USCP. You have been one of our strongest ally and partner in the discipleship of the Philippines. Praise God for you. Today is very happy day for my family. Uh, my son, Zach, was here earlier. It's probably uh, somewhere you know, in, the, in the second service. He's celebrating his 18th birthday today. And this month also very special for me and my wife because we are celebrating our 40th wedding anniversary. Yes, indeed. We are Lolo and Lolo, Lola. Um, what a blessed time to talk about the most important concern of God. And that is missions. I know that I have a friend, my uh, golf buddy, Mr. Pedro Tolentino. Is, uh, I think he's coming later on. But uh, I'm so happy to see many friends uh, that are uh, helping. I know uh, I met a brother Oliver, Deacon Oliver, during the COVID-19 uh, when uh, Philippine Relief and Development Services UECP lend a hand and contributed a lot with PPEs and uh, other equipment to help our suffering kababayan, including helping 5,000 pastors who were in need during the pandemic crisis. But thank God we are face to face again and all the churches in the Philippines are face to face in their worship service again. Let's praise the Lord for that. Amen. And it's so good to see all of you. Uh, I remember uh, two years ago and last year, we were online. And I preached here, but nobody was here. Only camera. And it's good to see that you are not emoji. You are real persons. Real persons. But praise God, we're together again face-to-face uh, -face in this missions month celebration. The message this morning and the whole theme of Missions Month for UECP is the heartbeat of God, a promise to bless the nations. Throughout all history and throughout the Bible, from the very first book, the very first verse, and the last book and the last verse of the Bible, it talks about God's heart. And that is 
the blessing of all creation, including people that He created, and to enjoy His fellowship forever. Today, I'm going to give you, before we go on to the major points, I would like to give you a brief background. We will look at the Bible and discover how God's promise to bless the nations through Abraham and through Israel serves as motivation for us to make God's heartbeat the priority at United Evangelical Church of the Philippines and all the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a brief background, the whole Bible is a story of God's salvation and mission. The whole Bible talks about God's salvation and the mission of God in blessing the nations. All throughout the Bible and throughout history, it begins, the Bible begins with a mission-related thought. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, we read, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In this passage, the very first book or the very first verse in the Bible, it, it proclaims Yahweh or God as the creator of the whole world. And what is the implication of that? It follows that the whole creation, including men and women, women should give him allegiance. That God alone has the right to be worshipped by people and every people groups and every nations on the face of the earth. Only God alone is to be worshipped because He is the Creator. But jumping to Genesis chapter 3, we learn of the fall of man. When sin entered history, when Adam and Eve chose to disobey God and chose to give respect to the serpent, serpent rather than giving full allegiance and respect to God alone. And the result of the fall of man was the eternal separation of God and man. Because of sin, the close relationship between God and man was severed. And that is also called spiritual death. But in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, right away, when man fell into sin, we learned that God's immediate response was to promise the coming of a Savior. We call this, in theology, the Proto-Evangelium. The first promise of the Messiah, the coming of the Messiah. The Messiah would come and he will defeat Satan and sin. But he has to suffer. That's Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. And then history went on. In Genesis chapter 4 up to 11, history went on and man continued this, to despise God and to rebel against God. And so we read that in these chapters. And we saw that because of man's continued sinning, 
There was a time in these chapters that God has to cleanse the whole world. And you remember the flood of Noah. Then in Genesis chapter 12, and this is the passage that we are reading and studying this morning. God took the biggest step. God took the initiative. God took a giant step by executing His plan to save the world. And what did God do? God called a person, a man named Abraham. God chose Abraham to execute His plan. And that is to create a nation where later on, the Savior, and we know that, the Lord Jesus Christ would be born. History and the whole Bible went on with God's plan. From Genesis chapter 1 to the last verse of the Bible, the whole Bible went on in telling us that God's plan is to bless the nations and to bring people back to God. And so point number one in this message is God called Abraham to bless the nations. Why Abraham? Why Israel? And we read again in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your country. That is the land of Ur, the land of the Chaldees. Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. And this is God's covenant. This is God's promise to Abraham. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will. You will be a blessing to all the nations. And then God's promise is, I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That is the Abrahamic covenant. God's concluding words in His call to Abram that day was, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. And so, history went on in the life of Abram. God repeated that covenant to the descendants of Abram. God repeated that covenant to Abram and then later on renewed, renewed it with his son Isaac. And then later on renewed it with his grandson Jacob. In Genesis 18, verse 18, we read, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. And all the nations on earth will be blessed through him. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 15, again it was repeated, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I will swear by myself, ako, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and had not withheld your son and your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore, your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. 
God repeated it to Abraham and then Isaac. And then in Genesis chapter 22, or 28 verse 12, Now to the grandson of Abraham, there above it, to Jacob, it's to the Lord and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abram, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be the like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west, to the east, to the north, and the south. All peoples on earth. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. What is God saying in this covenant, in His promise to Abraham to bless the nation? That makes it clear that through the ages, through the life of Abraham and his descendants, his family will be involved in passing on to the next generation the blessings of God to all the families of the earth, to the present time and to the future. Why Abraham? God chose Abraham not because he lost interest in the Filipinos, in the Americans, or Sri Lankans, or Chinese. No, God chose Abraham not because he lost interest in other peoples. But God chose Abraham and his descendants, Israel, so that God would have a channel through which God will bless the nations. We read in the Bible from Genesis chapter 12 that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob obeyed and trusted God. The blessing of material possessions was fulfilled in the life of Abraham and all his family members, his descendants. But the blessing to all the nations that God was talking about in his covenant to Abraham and all the peoples of the earth was beyond physical and material blessings. It was more than the promised land. It was more than the land of Israel. It was more than the land flowing milk with milk and honey. It was more than physical and material blessings. But as David says in Psalm 22, 27 to 28, including the other passage that we read, that people will come back to God, would return to God, and be part of His kingdom, and be part of His family, for they will return in worshiping the Lord. So Psalm 22, 27, 28 says, all the ends of the earth will remember and they will turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations will bow down before Him. For dominion belongs to the Lord and He rules over the nations. We see that peace and reconciliation and the restoration of relationship between God and man that was severed and separated by sin one day will be restored and there will be reconciliation. And all the ends of the earth, as this passage says, will remember and turn to the Lord 
and all the families of the nations will bow down again before Him and give their allegiance to God alone. Brothers and sisters, that is the mission of God entrusted to Israel. From Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Israel and to the church to declare to the nations and to let all the nations who sinned against God that they would know God, that they would remember God, that they would return to God and once again worship God. From beginning to the end of history, that is God's heartbeat. That is God's mission. And that is our mission, the mission of the church. World missions, brothers and sisters, that we are talking about is not merely a subject. It is not just one of the topics or the themes in the Bible. No. From beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is a missionary book. It's all about the mission of God to save people. And so if you take missions out of the Bible, you would not have anything left but covers. Because everything in the Bible talks about the plan of God to bless the nations and to save the world. And so if we take missions out of the church, if we take mission out of UECP, then the church closes its door. The church loses its mission and the church will exist for nothing. Amen? We exist for mission and the continuing plan of God to bless the nation and reconcile people to Him. And this leads us to point number two, that God came to this world in the person of Jesus. And Jesus became the ultimate blessing. The blessing of Abraham in Genesis chapter 3 find its ultimate fulfillment when 2,000 years ago, and that was 2,000 years after Abraham, that finds its ultimate fulfillment in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. When the Savior of the world came to fulfill God's promise in Genesis and Abraham, Jesus is the seed of Abraham. Jesus was the seed that was being taught in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. We read in Galatians chapter 3, verse 16, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. The scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but, and to your seed, Meaning, that seed, meaning that one person is Jesus Christ. And so through Abraham, the whole world was blessed. Because Jesus is a descendant of Abraham. If you will see, I think I have a historical record. If you can see it. In the, you will see from, from Adam 
to Abraham, to David, to Jesus Christ. This is the actual and the historical record of the genealogy of Jesus, proving that Jesus is the seed of Abraham. Is this amazing? Amen? The best and the best of all good news is this. Because of Jesus, the seed of Abraham, the promised Messiah, the promised coming Savior, any person who comes to know Jesus Christ, repent of their sin, and receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, whether this person is a Jew or a Gentile, can be forgiven and can be called sons of God and be part of God's kingdom. In Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 to 29, we read, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized or connected into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. And then Paul said, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's no slave nor free. There's no male nor female. You are all one belonging to Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and you are heirs according to the promise. Isn't that wonderful, my brothers and sisters? In Christ, if Christ is in us and if we are in Christ, we receive the spiritual blessing of justification, meaning we have sinned against God. We have sinned against God. But when we come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and repent of our sins, we are justified. We are forgiven as if we have not committed a sin at all, just as Abraham did. If we belong to Christ, then we are Abraham's seed, and we are children of God and heirs according to the promise. And so to continue God's plan and mission of blessing the nations, on the final meeting of the Lord Jesus Christ, before he ascended back to heaven, after his resurrection, he gathered his favorite friends. He gathered his disciples, his followers, and he commanded them the last and the most important command of the Lord Jesus Christ is this. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Read it with me, please. Read it with me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God promised it in Genesis 3.15 and He covenanted with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and then comes Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ called His disciples, His first disciples, and commanded them, Go and make disciples of all the nations. And this 
leads us to the third point that God calls the church. Jesus, when Jesus Christ called his disciples to fulfill Abraham's commission, to continue to bless the nations by preaching the gospel of the kingdom to all nations until the end of this age. The third point is this. God calls the church. God calls the church. We are blessed to bless the nations today and to continue the mission of God. God's plan to bless the nations today continue through the church and through UECP. Amen? God's mission continue. God's heartbeat is the same. The mission of God is still the same. And the mission that Jesus gave to the church is to go and make disciples. Make disciples of all the nations so that they will return to God. And so that they will follow Jesus Christ and become worshipers of God once again. I would like to give you some facts. 2,000 years after Jesus Christ and 4,000 years after Abraham, where are we in the work of missions? My dear brothers and sisters, I have goosebumps to know that up to this point, more than 3 billion people in the world doesn't know Jesus Christ. What is God's solution? God has no plan A or plan B. God's mission and plan and strategy is still the same. He called Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Israel. Jesus Christ came. And then the church. Now it's our turn. God is telling us to go and make disciples. There are still 3 billion people in the world who doesn't know Jesus Christ. And God's solution is His church. Everybody say, the church. We are God's solution. No plan A, no plan B, or no plan C. His church must go to shine His light in the darkest places of the earth. And you know where is, well, this is a graph that shows the growth of Christians. We praise God. And the green one is the growth of Muslims. So they're catching up. But we need to work double time, amen? Before the other religions would overtake us. You know where the darkest place on earth is today? It's called the 1040 window. The 1040 window is 10 degrees north and 40 degrees north latitude. This is called the 1040 window. And I'm sure, I know you have heard this in some of the missions month. But this after 2,000 years, and this is 2023, brothers and sisters. 
Afghanistan, Algeria, Bahrain, Bangladesh, Benin, Bhutan, Burkina Faso, Cambodia, Chad, China, Cyprus, and so many nations including India, Iran, Iraq, Israel, Japan, Taiwan, Korea, Thailand, and the Philippines. We are part of the 1040 window. What does this mean? It means that in these places, there are still people in these 3 billion, the bulk of the 3 billion people that have not heard the gospel is in this place. In the Philippine setting, we praise God for the progress of evangelization in our country. After the Spanish-American War in 1896, 100 years ago, the Protestant and the Evangelical missionaries came to the Philippines and started planting churches. We praise God that there are 91,000 evangelical churches in the Philippines today. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. In spite of the difficulties and the hardship, but the remaining, remaining task in the Philippines, in the country today, as we sit down comfortably today, 18,000 barangays in the Philippines have no church. They do not have a Bible. No pastor. No missionary. And brothers and sisters, this is one of the reasons. This is the main reason why we came together as Philippine Council of Evangelical Churches. All the churches and denominations in the evangelical family have come together to work together, to put our arms together so that in all of these barangays, there will be churches in the coming days. Amen? And we pray that in the coming days, that at the end of 2030, Every believer, we pray that every believer will be a witness. Every church would be planting churches. Every barangay would have a church. And every Filipino in the Philippines must have been reached by the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We also need to pray for the 13 million Filipinos that are scattered around the world. The good news is this. 13 million Filipinos scattered around the world because of economic reason. But the good side of this is 10% of these 13 million are born-again Christians. And you know what we do at PCEC? We train them. We train the churches and denominations so that these OFWs, wherever they go, they will share the gospel. They will start, they will start small uh, Bible study groups. And many of them have become local churches around the world. We need to pray also for the next generation. The children and the young people. According to the reports around the world, young people are leaving the church. Somebody says we are one generation away from the extinction of Christianity. And this is happening in Europe, in United States, in Canada in Australia, that there is a decline of attendance in Christian churches. Why? 
Young people are not staying in the church. Brothers and sisters, we need to make an intentional effort in discipling the children and the young people. But just like in the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we learn here, discipleship begins where? At home. We talk about reaching the nation. We talk about reaching the world. But first, our children, our family members, and the closest people in our homes, let us lead them to Christ. And the last point is this. And this to me is an encouragement, despite all the challenges of the missionary work today. One day, we will all shout, mission accomplished. When everybody would hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the work of blessing the nations continue until everyone has heard. The heart of God is still to bless the nations. But how will the nations hear the gospel? But how will the nations receive the blessings of God if no one will go and preach them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? My dear brothers and sisters, the mission will be accomplished as we work together, as we work side by side and see to it that all people, all nations will hear the gospel and receive the blessings of God. The, the promise of blessing to all peoples through Abraham's descendants is a promise that the Apostle John saw and it was fulfilled in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. And this is the point in history at the end of the Bible and at the closing of history. We read in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. Will you read it with me? Okay, let's go. I looked and before me was a great multitude that no one could count. That would include you and me, and the people that we have reached for the Lord Jesus Christ. No one could count from every nation, every tribe, every people and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. UECP, my dear brothers and sisters, who claims to be the disciples and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are recipients of God's grace, God's forgiveness, sons of God, reconciled with God, part of the kingdom of God. We are blessed to be a blessing to the nations. Amen? The blessings does not stop here. It's got to go to the nations. Let us make God's heartbeat our heartbeat. And let us make God's most important mission, our church's most important mission. Let us pray. Let us share our resources. We thank God for the missionaries, missions organizations that are going aggressively to complete the Great Commission. Let us send missionaries and if the Lord has talked to you,
to some of you, go and be a missionary. Go and bless the nations. Go and make the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ until the work is done. And we say, mission accomplished. Would you bow your heads? Lord Jesus, we thank you that we are recipients of God's blessings. Thank you that you have fulfilled your promise and your covenant to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. Thank you that Jesus Christ came to be the ultimate fulfillment of God's execution, of God's plan of saving the world. And Lord, what a privilege to be part of God's family. What a joy to be part of God's kingdom. What a privilege to be called sons and heirs of God. What a blessing. But Lord, with all this, is a major task. Three billion people need to hear the gospel. 18,000 barangay churches, barangay need churches in the Philippines. Lord, continue to send missionaries that we would be generous in supporting missions, that we will make God's top priority our priority and the heartbeat of God to bless the nation, our heartbeat. May God continue to bless UECP, all the missionaries that it is supporting, all the churches that it is planting, oh God. May you bless every person, every individual, and every family here that we will be united to be part of God's mission. God bless the EU, UECP family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you and good morning. <laughs>